Welcome into the Camel Call podcast, conversations of former players, coaches, and staff for the Fighting Camels. I'm your host, Evan Budrovich. On this episode, we talk with a former player who is now coaching and the lead recruiter for the football program in Ben Bowling. His career started in 2011, and it's almost come full circle now, serving a near decade both as a player and now as the lead recruiting coordinator and wide receiver coach for the football team. What's fascinating about Ben Bowling is he was a standout quarterback and dual-threat athlete at Nightdale High School, came down to the creek to be a wide receiver, and actually passed for a couple of touchdowns. We'll talk about those throwing accomplishments in his career. Of course, we'll touch on molding the current wide receiver group with some young, talented players on this Campbell roster. What's it been like coaching both offense and defense? He's had experience on both sides of the ball, so plenty of lessons with Ben Bowling here on this latest episode of Camel Call. Since I was a little kid, I've always admired coaches and loved the game of football, obviously. So it was something that it was just a calling and a passion of mine. I tried to do some things outside of sports after graduation and leading up to graduation. And it just wasn't the same feeling. There was no there wasn't the same passion and drive there. And I just wanted to, you know, honor myself and honor my dreams and just go out and do the best opportunity I could to chase it. And uh, so I called my head coach up at the time and, you know, been blessed and fortunate ever since to have the opportunity to do what I do. I'm always curious as someone who was a wide receiver and then of course a quarterback in high school and whatnot, what led you to the defensive side, working with defensive quality control? What did you enjoy about being on that side of the ball? <laughs> to be honest with you, an opportunity to, to get some form of a check. But um, in the reality of things, I, I checked with a few guys that I, I trusted in the profession about that change because it was it was uh, it was a different change for me. I, w- I was expecting to stay on offense. I expected to, you know, kind of continue to grow in that, that world. And so I called some friends and coaches of mine that had been there for me my entire career pretty much. And uh, they told me it's a, it's a unique opportunity when you can be an offensive guy and go on the defensive side of the ball to learn because what it'll do is it changes your whole perspective of the game. And I'm very, very thankful that I actually did do that. Um, because it, it gave me a whole new perspective on coaching. And um, it opened my eyes to a lot of things that I use now on back over the offensive side of the ball to, to help us as a program. So you spent a couple seasons on defense, and one of the guys we, we've talked about a lot on this podcast is, is Brian Butterworth. One, because he's the easiest man to hear in the stadium. You know, you're going to hear him commentate and, and give his thoughts on plays. But, but two, he, he's very insightful and, and has been helpful with the DBs and, and the safeties. What was it like kind of learning under him and being able to bounce ideas off with him and the players? Uh, it was awesome. I mean, one thing, the biggest thing I got out of it is uh, a lifelong mentor. Um, he has helped me out with my career time and time again. Um, he's been a great person to lean on when I need advice about different things and um, a great person to share ideas with. He is very passionate about what he does as far as it goes towards the game of football, you know, growing these kids, being very on top of how uh, to help them grow as men on and off the field and also very, very fluent in his knowledge of the football aspect of things. So it was a great opportunity to work underneath him and then work with him to help. And um, also he, a lot of things and techniques and uh, different ideas that he brings to the table changed my whole perspective on how I look and uh, how I coach and how I teach. And I think uh, I owe him a lot as far as helping me get a start in my career. I don't want to get too technical with you because you're the expert. I'm just the guy asking questions. But 
one of the things that stands out is the boxing gloves that he'll use, the, the flat bags, and then have his DBs kind of fight off the hands and, and work the technique like that. Is that something you'd seen before, and, and how useful is that, I guess, for both the receiver and for the DB? Yeah, no, I thought it was really weird when I first – day one we came out together and he kind of – we talked about it behind closed doors before we went out. This is just something that he does every day. and He was showing me, like, the different techniques and how – I, we should teach it and all that. And then when we went out and executed it, I was just like, oh, this is, is – you don't understand until you're there and you're really, like, teaching it to how effective it really is. But it is definitely funny to look at from the sideline. And I think one thing that I took from that is, uh, as a coach, is don't ever lose your creative side of, you know, what you do. Just because it's offbeat and a little different doesn't mean it doesn't help. It doesn't connect to the game. And just because it looks a little weird from the sideline and people might not understand it, um, that those pads were probably very productive. They were very productive and successful for us uh, when I was spending my time on defense and still now for the amount of uh, man coverage we played and how well we, we performed defensively in the past game. Those gloves played a big part in what we were doing technique-wise. And uh, they don't really play a role when it comes to receivers, so I don't really use them, but I have used my creativity and so much learning from that moment to uh, to not really worry about what other, might, other people might perceive as a good drill, but if I know and believe that it's going to help their technique. And uh, it might look a little funny, but we're going to continue to push it. So that's definitely something I took from that. A couple years go by, and the way things work, different coaches earn different positions, and all of a sudden there's an opening to get you back on offense – so how easy was that phone call, I guess, with Coach Minner and, you know, possibly others to convince you to, to move back to the offensive side of the ball? Yeah, it was not very hard at all. <laughs> and we, he pulled me in his office, like, right after staff meeting, and we talked for all of, like, five minutes. And I was done. I was in. I mean, this is kind of one of those opportunities that I had always wanted and was always uh, – would always, always tell myself I'd be very excited about. And so when it came to the opportunity to do it, I was like, let's do it. I'm out. I have been preparing for that, and I had so much thing, so many things worked in my mind about how I was gonna go about it. So I was true excitement, and you know, did not take very much more than a five minute conversation. It's unique with your career too, Ben, because obviously someone like Coach Adam Morris, who was so big and and bringing you in and developing you and helping your game, is now someone that you work so interchangeably with on the offensive side. Of course, with with Coach Nick Rhymes kind of running the offense, so to speak, but you guys all having different inputs and, you know, getting your thoughts on the passing game and, and for receivers especially. What's that dynamic like for you, just building a relationship with Coach Morris and, and now working with, with as a peer, especially on that offensive side? Yeah, so we actually, me and him joke about this all the time, that we actually, because I stayed and coached, we, we fostered a much deeper, a much deeper relationship than we ever probably would have. And he was a great coach and phenomenal um, mentor when he was my coach. But, it, you know, obviously, when you move over to the other side of things, you're working with somebody. It's a whole different type of uh, atmosphere. But we were able to carry that same um, relationship that we had built from me and being my coach. And that's a testament to him. He wasn't much different as my coach as he is my friend. And um, and I truly – we gained a, a great friendship. He's another one of my – a guy I would consider my mentor – and I owe a lot to because he has extensive knowledge of the game, and we work very well together. We uh, we we know how to communicate what we don't, you know, our differences. We know how to communicate what we 
what we see commonly and we know how to talk to each other, which I think is is going to help us very much so down the line, especially him being the quarterback coach and me being the receivers coach, that if we're me and him are talking the same language and it's very easy for me and him to communicate, get on the same page, it's, it, we can trickle that information down to the rest of the group. So I think that transition happened very, very easy between me and him uh, because we had built such a great connection and friendship with with my time on defense and my time as a player uh, for him that when we when we finally got in the same room where, you know, our offices are right, our, our desks are right next to each other in our office. Uh, we spent a lot of time together. We spent a lot of time joking around together. So we uh, we built a very positive friendship, you know, from this whole thing. So it's awesome to work with guys that, you, you know, you're really close with. No, we'll share some cool photos too because there are times where you can see both him and you on the sidelines going through the signals with Dylan Ernie and, and other players, and they've posted those on social media. So you're right, that, that dynamic is so big. Ben, I want to talk about your playing career because many people don't know this, but you were a prolific passer at Nightdale High School and a, a dual-threat quarterback who could make plays and, and make things happen. So then you come to Campbell and become, at the time, the all-time leading receiver. So what were the expectations like for you when, when you showed up in Bowie's Creek, and how did you think your career played out just from being able to accomplish so much and, and see this program kind of continue to rise as you were there? Oh, shoot, that's a loaded question, my friend. Um, I think my expectations coming in, was it was it was different than most because obviously I was a quarterback and I was labeled an athlete. So when I came out, um, it, I didn't really know where I was going to be playing and what role I was going to fill. There was – you know, me and Coach uh, had discussions throughout my recruitment of where they kind of saw me, but it was never really determined until I got there. And I, and I just knew that deep down inside, whatever I position played, I wanted to, to be the best at it. I wanted to do it at the highest level that I could possibly do. And I didn't want to just be average. I didn't want to just be okay. But I wanted to help the team be successful in any way possible. And I, that meant for me doing the best job that I could do, um, you know, in any asset of, of the game. So um, I think that was my mindset going. That was my expectations for myself. Um, I know I learned a lot going through that transition, and um, it helped change how I view the game for a lot of different reasons. And I, I think it helps me in recruiting when I'm looking at athletes and from that perspective of trying to project guys from they play quarterback or they play uh, – you know, running back, can they play other positions? Or do they play receiver, but can they be a better defensive back? Stuff like that. I think it helps you in your knowledge of the game and growing your understanding about how to scout uh, a talent. And then also, from the aspect of being here and, and watching this transition, it's been, um, it's been awesome for me. You know, I've been here for going on 10 years now and just seeing the growth that took that's taking place and is still happening, that's taking place and is still taking place now from um, – facility upgrades to just even across campus with all the different things that they're doing for academics and for, you know, student, uh, you know, student life in general, just, you know, it's just amazing to be a part of. And um, again, very thankful and fortunate that I've been able to, to be here and see it and, and been a part of the success that we've had so far and what were the goals they were pushing to. And I think that gives me that kind of, you know, desire because I played here. And so from a coaching standpoint, a lot of my passion draws from the fact that I want to see this place do very well because it's home to me. So, I do know, of course, as, as someone who yeah. accomplished so much, Ben, and, and I'm glad you were able to break that all down because there was a lot there. But, you know, it's neat because you were a quarterback and yet you, you made touchdowns in a bunch of different ways. But I, I would think one of your favorite moments would, would be your senior year 
against Drake in what they called the Dr. Creed uh, Barbecue Bowl against the Drake president. There was a little back and forth talking the whole week, but then you step in and throw a huge touchdown in that game. So take me through the play, and then what was it like to be able to know that you could throw the football again and get a chance to sling it around? Yeah, yeah. That uh, me and uh, Coach Summers, our running base coach, we often joke about that play still this day because the design of that play all week was only to throw if the guy was if if uh, Dre, the receiver at the time, if he was wide open. So when I got it and came around the corner, I had ample room to pull the ball down and just run. Probably could have ran for a touchdown if not, you know, got close to the deep into the the red zone at that point, but. I took it upon myself to throw a back shoulder ball to the corner front corner pylon, and just just to prove to myself that I still had it. And so it was an awesome moment for me to be able to you know live that moment out because I always wanted to play quarterback in college. Didn't quite work out that way. I was able to play receiver and help the team in that aspect. But um, the moments in those games where I got to you know do the trick play and throw the throw those uh, touchdown passes, um, they, those are the ones that stick out to me the most in my, in my memories because it's just fun plays where the coaches kind of design them up just to be fun and, uh, you know, bring that enthusiasm to the game. And then when they happen and they come to a fruition, actually in the moment, like, it's awesome to be a part of. And then you can kind of sit back and joke about it after the fact because obviously it worked. Um, so it's funny at that point. But, um, yeah, that, that play, <laughs> it will forever be probably one of my favorite plays of my career. Just a quick spinoff of that. Ben, because this year we saw, and this was designed a couple times throughout the year, but the double pass to a receiver, and Caleb Snead had the chance to, to even throw a technical touchdown pass to, to Hodge in one of the home games this year. So do you as a receiver then kind of mentor your guys a little bit, you know, knowing, hey, I did it back in this year, and here's the footage on YouTube, and you too, if you're in the right spot, could, could throw a touchdown yourself? Uh, no, I try not to, to bring my playing career into, into the Those guys uh, – I love the deaf, and uh, they could, they tend to be a little ruthless about about my playing career. So I tend to stay away from it and just you know let them be the ball players that they are. I do I did coach them up on I tried to help coach them up on where to put the ball because that was the play that we pulled out for him to throw that ball to Hodge was the play that we actually ran back when I was playing too, um, and we just you know kind of dusted it off and brought it back to the table. So it's awesome to see those things kind of recycle their way through. Like something that we were, you know, we had fun with back when I was playing, and it just turned out to be a really successful play for us uh, in 2020 or 2019. Sorry, is awesome, you know. Ben, I, I do want to bring up one point. This may not make you happy, but I just want to reference: you were the all-time leading receiver when you finished your, your career. Unfortunately, uh, there have been some great receivers like Aaron Blockman and and Caleb Snead. But what's important about this is. Sneed now in two years is already at 1,300 yards. He, he just surpassed you by a very slim margin this year. What is it like training a, a player of his likes and then to see the Jalen Kelseys of the world develop and these young receivers? How much fun is it for you to kind of mold these, these young receivers for Campbell? To be honest with you, it's an opportunity to give back in a, in, in a positive way, help change these guys' lives for the better on and off the field. And it's, uh, it's something that I hold dear. Uh, to, to my heart and something the biggest reason I got into this um, so that's why it hits home for me to be in the same room that I sat in coaching the same position that I played and be able to see these guys come through and do things much 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 at a higher level than I could or ever ever did um, is big for me because I tell these guys all the time and I tell um, the guys I recruit to come play for us in my room 
I want you to be better than me. I want you to bury me so far down on that list of, of uh, you know, yardages and catches and touchdowns and all that that I'm not even thought of anymore. Because if that's the case, then that means our program is growing and that means I've done my job and I've, I've helped you be a better football player. Um, and at the end of the day, that's all I want, you know. Um, records are, are there for one reason, is to be broken. And if they, if they aren't, then we're not moving in the right direction. So it's a humbling experience for sure because you sit back and one day uh, one day you were the guy on the wall and you were the guy that was making the catches and uh, now you get to sit back and, and, you know, be an active part of helping people do things better than you, you know? <laughs> and, and that's awesome. It's an awesome feeling to have. So, Ben, one of the other moments that stands out in your career is your presence in the classroom. You graduated with above a 3.0 GPA. You were – all Pioneer Football League and the academic side. How much pride did you take in doing well in the classroom as well as your performance on the field? I definitely take great pride in it because I think it's a, it's, it's a difficult thing to accomplish because, you uh, you know, we, we deal with a lot as athletes to go to school, go to training, go to treatment. You know, you look, the lack of a life for some reasons and then also trying to maintain a life balance with all the stuff that you got going on. So it's it's definitely something I use when I talk to my guys about, you know, goals being obtainable. You know, we talk about having a three O as a as a team. Um, and we talk about having a group GPA within my room of just, you know, pushing the envelope of, of what we can do as far as, you know, being intelligent in the classroom and also being intelligent on the field and trying to be good at every aspect of our lives on and off the field. I think it's a when you can be a good student and also be a good student of the game, it shows you that you are a well-rounded individual who can, you know, um, you know how to manage your time. You know how to, you know, take life seriously in moments that you need to take life serious. And I think that's a life lesson that a lot of guys have to learn. I had to learn because I, was, I wasn't always that way. My first couple of years weren't the best, but I had to figure it out. And I had to, uh, you know, use the tools and resources around me. So I think, that's the biggest thing that I try to do is, you know, push that for the other guys, um, the guys I, I teach right now. You know, let's learn that lesson now early so that we can be better going down the road and we can learn this life lesson for, for everything, you know, how to take things serious in our work life when we get older, how to take things serious in our relationships with our, our wives and our kids when we get older, you know, those different types of things. I think they all encompass in how, how well you can balance, you know, football and your academics. I think it all plays an important piece. That's a great point because even this past semester, across the board, great GPAs, and the football team was right there above a 3-0. So they followed those uh, those boxes and they checked them pretty well. Ben, I want to ask you too about being a father and having a young daughter, especially at a young age and trying to manage the coaching life and the family life like you mentioned. What have, what have you learned these last few years about not only providing for your daughter but being a role model for her and then you know managing all that as you go about your day-to-day? Again, just one, I'm glad I learned that life lesson early in college. Like the manager time, being able to, you know, um, be there in moments where I need to be present. Um, is, I think it's a huge lesson that I had to learn um, early because I had I, I had my daughter when I was still a GA. So the, you know the the, the old uh, adage is still true. Like uh, GAs do a lot of the grunt work and they do a lot of long hours and and to for me to to work like that. And then also be present when I was when I was home and when I was with her and spend time with her, put my computer down, put my phone down, being being aware and being there when I'm raising her is uh, is huge. And I think that's something that I still carry with me with my guys is 
when you're interacting with people, people don't care about you just, you know, just being there. They care about you being present. And I think that's the, the most, um, you know, that stands out to me the most as far as lessons I've learned in being a dad and being a coach, especially at an early age. It's just, you know, when you have your moments, be there in those moments. Because the tough part is when you're on the road, for six weeks out of, you know, from August to November, and then you're on the road recruiting. There's a lot of time you can spend away. You don't need to be away when you're when you're there, you know. Um, and I think that's definitely a lot of coaches across the country probably have that same humbling experience with their kids and with their, their families is that you just got to, you know, learn to enjoy the moments while you're there. Um, and that carries over in your whole life. You start to see yourself enjoying all your moments, you know, outside of just dealing with your, uh, your, your family and your kids. Um, but that's definitely something that I picked up that, that touched me and has stuck with me ever since. That's very neat, and, and we get to talk to you all the time during practice and stuff, so it's cool to hear about that with your daughter. Um, ben, during quarantine, it's been a little different for coaches and players, obviously, but w- one thing that we've taken great notice in what you've done is, is kind of post these weekly wide receiver reviews where you watch NFL players and, and maybe pick out two or three different elements for your receivers to, to learn or, or kind of observe from them what's that process been like of evaluating these nfl guys and, and showing your college kids what it's all about uh it's been a good learning experience for me um at the beginning of quarantine i kind of asked all the guys to give me their list of who they thought were the top you know 10 receivers in the nfl and i didn't really tell them what i was planning on doing but i just wanted to get their kind of their take on things because they watch the game from a different perspective than i do sometimes I get I, sometimes I can get caught up in the X's and O's when I watch Sunday Night Football as opposed to, you know, looking at Julio Jones run a curl route. Um, and so I took that list and I kind of I started to work myself myself through it and I started to see a lot of things that they do that we talk about within our room right now. And then a lot I know a lot of my guys have the ambition. A lot of guys out there in general, which is why I put it on Twitter, have the ambition of going to the next level. Well. What do those guys do well at a high level that gets them there? You know, I think that's the biggest thing that you can take away and teach is that if you take these little drills that we work on every day very seriously and very diligent about your work, um, you know, it can you can put you on a, a platform to be able to be um, a, uh, executed at that high of a level. And then also some things that we, you know, that they do that we, we don't talk about. And that, that helped me, humble me as a coach, like, okay, I need to be able to, you know, bring this idea to the table to help these guys because these are the guys they look at and these are the guys they emulate and these are the guys they, they you know, some of them kind of want to emulate their game around. So how can I help teach effective tools and use uh, uh, great examples? And those those guys at those levels that are great examples for high level of execution, high football IQ, and being able to, you know, execute on the fly and make plays and help their teams. Um, and take over games, and I think that's a huge, a huge piece for what uh, what they bring to tomorrow. Ben, another huge piece of your role as a recruiting coordinator is trying to organize your boards with your various position coaches and make sure you land the type of kid that you want to bring to Campbell. So, someone who was recruited yourself to play here went through the program and now coming full circle recruiting players at the high school level. What is that experience like as the lead guy, kind of the recruiting coordinator and going through and trying to craft the player you want that, that best, best fits your program? Uh, it's been a great experience. I mean, I think you, uh, until you're in this role, you don't really understand the responsibilities of this role. But 
it helps you learn from a holistic standpoint of how you uh, your organization, you know, does outreach, does uh, the social media aspect of things, how you uh, how you bring guys on your business, how you treat, you know, what what do you treat them to? What do you, how do you talk to the parents? I've had a lot. I for one was not a great public speaker until I had to stand in front of you know hundreds of kids every Saturday in the spring, you know, or in the summer when you bring official visits and or unofficial visits and every game day. I think those type of lessons that I've definitely taken have directly helped me as a coach, being able to stand in front of people and um, and tell them my message about Campbell. And I, and I think people can feel that from us as a staff because we're genuine people. And then for me directly as a recruiting coordinator, because I, this is, this is my livelihood one and this is my, my home. I think you can feel that genuine, uh, that genuineness for me um, as a coach and as a person who's trying to, you know, explain to you the reasons why you should come play for us. And um, I think all those different lessons are something that, that I very graciously am happy to have, uh, have learned because um, they'll, they'll help me in my, in my career as a coach, but definitely helping this program grow um, right now as far as our recruiting piece goes. So, Ben, on a lighter note, do the, do you then take them into the facility by the picture of you on the wall and kind of show them what Ben Bowling can do? Or <laughs> where's where's the charm of? Yeah, fun, yeah. Funny thing is that picture. We I actually just put Aaron Blockman over that picture. So we took my picture down, and put Aaron Blockman up. So I I, uh, I used to joke about it, but now it's not. I can't even you know on the tours. I can't joke about it anymore because I've officially moved on into the history books now, and I have have been replaced. Oh, don't worry. We'll, we'll send them a little PDF or an image of it so they can, they can check it out. <laughs> I just got to make sure they remember it. Cause like, like we said, one of the, one of the best receivers in Campbell history, Ben, my, my final question for you. And you've mentioned that the decade that you've been in the Creek, both as a player and, and now as a coach and even moving forward in the coaching ranks, what, what is something that keeps you coming back to the Creek? What, what, what is it about this area and about this program that you've enjoyed so much that, continues to fuel that fire if you will to be honest is the same reason i came here from the get-go uh, you don't feel like an employee you feel like a person you don't feel like a, a player you feel like a person a per- some, something other outside of just a, n- a number in the jersey um or outside of just an employee number you know you the, the people here are genuine and they care about you and when they say they care they really mean it i think everybody here on this campus has an active interest in helping grow these these young men and women that we have on campus and um and it doesn't it doesn't just they don't just talk about it they have actions behind it that speak volumes for what we're trying to do here and the overall mission of this university is something that i stand by you know i think we can we have a great platform here in this place in Bowie's creek to uh, uh educate and affect change and we're growing as a brand and as a university to a place where you know We've become a place where people, you know, kids want to come and want to be a part of, which is huge. And I think that's a testament to all the people from Dr. Creed on down to, you know, all the hard work that everyone on campus has done to make uh, Campbell University what it is now. And so that's a that's a great thing to see from a place that you you, you called home as a player and now you call home as, a, as an employer as, as somebody who works for the university. Um, that will never change in my mind, it's, and that's the reason that it keeps coming, come, me coming back because it's hard to find places where people genuinely care about you as an individual and um, 
have your best interest at heart. And I think this is one of those places that is rare, which is why it's out here in, in Bowie's Creek, you know, because um, if it was in the middle of Raleigh, everybody would know about it. So we try, we got to keep it a little bit of a secret, but we're trying to let the world in. Um, and so I think that's starting to become noticeable. You're absolutely right, Ben. If, if this virus has taught us anything, one, the value of relationships and, and two, how important it is to have a community. And I think that's very evident in what you're saying and what you've been able to share. So, Thank you so much for doing this, and, and I know you guys can't wait to whenever that process is of getting the kids back on campus and getting things rolling, but it, it was fun to have you on and, and catch up on some old times. Oh, absolutely. I appreciate you. 